0: You are listening to The Hidden Life of Toxins, the podcast that does toxin-free living research for you. My name is Christina Vine, and my mission is to help you become an empowered consumer who knows exactly how to avoid day-to-day toxins without hours of research and hundreds of Google searches. Today, we are going to talk about EMFs. You might have heard that EMFs are harmful. You also might have heard the exact opposite. If you're confused, you're not the only one. A lot of people are confused about this topic. And seven years ago, I was too. I often see people go to great lengths to reduce their EMF exposure and even buy EMF meters to use in their homes. And yet, they don't really know what EMFs are. If this is you, it's okay. No one has ever explained this to you properly. And if you go to Google for help, you will get all kinds of opinions that contradict each other. What I'm about to share with you is the result of years of research, aha moments, connecting the dots, and honestly, collecting this information by freaking crumbs, okay? So this episode is your EMFs 101. It's like a mini crash course I wish I had when I started exploring this topic. You will learn what EMFs are and whether or not they can harm your health. As the title promises, you will finally understand EMFs after this episode. Let's go! So, before we can make sense of EMFs, we need to talk about something called an electromagnetic spectrum. In my years of explaining EMFs to people, I have found that it is much easier to grasp this topic if we start with the electromagnetic spectrum. This will allow you to see EMFs as a part of a system, other parts of which you are already familiar with. So the electromagnetic spectrum is a range of frequencies that exist in the universe. Imagine two points and a range between them. On the left, we have what's called non-ionizing radiation. And on the right, we have its opposite, ionizing radiation. And somewhere in the middle, we have something you know very well, a visible light spectrum, the colors of the rainbow. Non-ionizing radiation has a longer wavelength. And wavelength is simply the distance between wave crests of two consecutive waves it is very helpful here to imagine two waves and the distance between their crests. Because non-ionizing radiation has a longer wavelength, the waves on the left side of the spectrum are always depicted as long. And the closer we get to the right side of the spectrum, the shorter waves we see, because ionizing radiation has a shorter wavelength. Another important distinction between these two types of radiation is that ionizing radiation has higher frequency, which means higher energy. Are you with me? Good. I promise this was the hardest part to understand. It will only get easier from here. So we have two types of radiation on the electromagnetic spectrum, ionizing and non-ionizing. Ionizing radiation is considered the most dangerous because it can instantly split molecules in a human body which can cause a permanent physical damage. It can even kill with a single exposure. This is the radiation everyone's afraid of. Non-ionizing radiation is the type of radiation used in modern technologies. Some people argue that because it's non-ionizing, it can't harm us. That's not true. While it does not have enough energy to split molecules like the ionizing radiation does, it most definitely alters cells on a biological level. We'll get into this shortly. There are some mind-blowing EMF studies I want to tell you about. But before we get into EMF specifically, there is one last part you need to understand first. And I think that this part will be very eye-opening for you. Because the things I'm going to talk about right now are the things you are actually already familiar with. I'm just going to connect the dots for you, okay? So, both ionizing and non-ionizing radiation have several forms. Let's start with the ionizing radiation. Its two forms are X-rays and gamma rays. There are actually five types of ionizing radiation, but we don't need to understand the others for the purposes of this episode and I don't want this to get too scientific, so let's just go with the two. X-rays and gamma rays. You know these guys, right? When you hear X-rays, the first thing you probably imagine is those black and white chest X-ray images. By the way, different body tissues absorb different amounts of radiation. So the bones look white because calcium in them absorbs radiation the most. Soft tissues Absorb less radiation and therefore look gray on an x ray. And the air absorbs the least radiation, so you see lungs as black. If you have ever broken any bones, you might know that x rays are also used to check for fractures. Or you might not know that. I broke my arm when I was 11 and I had no idea that x rays were used. I learned that years and years later when I was researching this topic as an adult. Mammograms use x-rays to look for breast cancer because tumors tend to be denser than the surrounding tissue and are therefore usually visible on an x-ray. And radiation therapy as a cancer treatment often uses x-rays to kill cancer cells. Another use of x-rays you've definitely come across is baggage scans at the airport. Your checked luggage, your carry-on bags all go through x-ray machines to make sure that you are not carrying any prohibited items. X-rays are used in many other ways, but this is not the focus of this episode, so let's move to gamma rays. Now, I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear gamma rays is the Hulk. If you like Marvel movies, you might know that Dr. Banner, one of the characters, was exposed to a high dose of gamma radiation which turned him into the Hulk. But to get back to the real world, gamma rays are used in several ways. In radiotherapy, just like x-rays, to sterilize medical equipment, to sterilize food, as tracers in medicine and also in astrology. Okay, let's recap what we've learned so far. We have started with the electromagnetic spectrum, which is a range of frequencies that exist in the universe. On the left side of the spectrum, we have non-ionizing radiation, which is depicted as long waves. And on the right side, we have ionizing radiation, which is depicted as short waves. And the shorter the wavelengths, the higher the energy. We have also learned about the two types of ionizing radiation, x-rays and gamma rays. Now, we're going to talk about the forms of non-ionizing radiation, which brings us to EMFs, also known as electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic frequencies. There are six forms of non-ionizing radiation. 1. Extremely low frequency. 2. Radio frequency or radio waves. 3. Microwave frequency or microwaves. 4. Infrared light, which if you have ever tried red light therapy or been to an infrared sauna, that's what's used, infrared light. 5. Visible light. Again, it's the colors of the rainbow, the only part of the electromagnetic spectrum that we can actually see. And 6. Ultraviolet light, which is the reason you get 10 or sunburn when spending time out in the sun. The first three forms of non ionizing radiation, collectively, are what people usually mean when they say EMFs, because these are the frequencies used by modern devices. Extremely low frequency is emitted by everything that's plugged into an electrical socket. Radio frequency is emitted when electronic devices connect to Wi Fi, Bluetooth, or cellular signals. And microwave frequency. Well, it's sometimes classified as a type of radio frequencies, but I like to highlight it as a distinct separate form of non-ionizing radiation for reasons we do not need to get into in this episode. So simply put, EMFs are emitted by two groups of things. Everything that requires electricity to work and everything that uses Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, or cellular signals. As you can see... Cell phones are not the only concern, but they are one of the biggest offenders because first, they use radio frequencies, which are much more harmful than extremely low frequencies, and second, because we have our phones on us or near us all the time. So with cell phones, we have a high level of exposure, plus close proximity, plus long duration. All right. Now that you understand what EMFs are, you are probably asking, why are they bad? Well, like I've mentioned at the beginning of this episode, some people argued that EMFs can't harm us because it's non-ionizing radiation. I wish this was true, but it's not. And when I say some people argue, what I mean is, Some people simply state that EMFs are not harmful and completely ignore thousands of studies on the subject that prove the exact opposite. My dad is one of those people. Don't even get me started. So, what's wrong with EMFs? Let's take a look. In 2015, more than 200 scientists petitioned the United Nations about the EMF issue. And these were not just some random scientists. All of them are engaged in the study of health effects of non-ionizing radiation. Their appeal was published in the European Journal of Oncology in the form of a study called International Appeal. Scientists call for protection from non-ionizing electromagnetic field exposure. Here's an excerpt from this study. Quote, Numerous recent scientific publications have shown that EMF affects living organisms, at levels well below most international and national guidelines. Effects include increased cancer risk, cellular stress, increase in harmful free radicals, genetic damages, structural and functional changes of the reproductive system, learning and memory deficits, neurological disorders, and negative impacts on general well being in humans. Damage goes well beyond the human race showing evidence of harmful effects on both plant and animal life. End quote. Other scientists and publications have been raising concerns about EMFs for years now, and there are so many high-quality studies that prove the detrimental effects of non-ionizing radiation. For example, in 2016, the U.S. National Toxicology Program published findings of what is considered the world's largest and most well-designed study on cell phone radiation, which, as you now know, is radio frequencies? This study cost thirty million dollars and was conducted over a ten-year period. Pretty cool, right? So, what did they find? "Quote: The consensus is that there was a carcinogenic effect." End quote. In two thousand eighteen. They did a follow-up study and found clear evidence of cancer, heart damage, and DNA damage from cell phone radiation. There was another interesting study published in the same year in the Indian Journal of Medical Research. It was called Effect of Radiofrequency Radiation on Reproductive Health. This study concluded that, quote, available data indicate that exposure to EMF can cause adverse health effects, end quote. These are just a few examples of studies on EMFs. There are many more. We know that women who keep cell phones in their bras get breast cancer, that men's sperm gets immobilized from having a laptop on their lap for just a couple of hours, and that studying in schools near cell towers impacts students' memory and attention. We also know that radio frequencies have a significant effect on many living organisms, not just humans, including trees, birds, insects, especially bees. And there was a fascinating study done on microbes in soil. It found greater antibiotic resistance in microbes in soil near cell towers. And as the last piece of data, get this. Frontal lobe cancer has increased over the last 10 years. What else has happened in the last 10 years? Let me think, maybe the technological boom that has made cell phones mainstream. What's also interesting is that the frontal lobe happens to be the area of the brain most affected by cell phones. At this point, you're probably asking, what do I do? Now, I don't mean to leave you hanging, but you've learned a lot of new information today. And while I did my best to simplify EMFs as much as possible, it is still a complex topic. So I decided to give you some time to process and divide this episode into two parts. In next week's episode, you are going to learn 15 simple ways to reduce your EMF exposure. And when I say simple, I mean simple. To sum up, In this episode, you've learned that there is something called an electromagnetic spectrum. On the right side of the spectrum, there is ionizing radiation, represented by X rays and gamma rays. On the left side, there is non ionizing radiation, represented by its six forms. The first three forms of non ionizing radiation extremely low frequency, radio frequency, and microwave frequency are what people usually mean. When they say EMFs. While no one doubts that ionizing radiation is extremely harmful, there are people out there who will look you in the eye and say that non ionizing radiation is absolutely safe and you shouldn't worry about it. Well, after this episode, you know better, and now you have something you can tell them in return. Or not. In my experience, trying to explain this information to naysayers can sometimes feel like talking to a wall. I'm often reminded of those see no evil, hear no evil monkey emojis, because some people apparently believe that as long as they keep denying the truth, they won't be affected by whatever it is they're denying the truth about. And while there is something to be said about the power of belief here, what it all comes down to is this. When we accept the truth, we have to take action. And many people delay accepting the truth because they don't want yet another thing to worry about and manage. And I don't blame them. Life on planet Earth can be difficult and overwhelming. All this is to say that now that you know everything you know about EMFs, choose people you share this information with wisely. Don't waste your life force energy on those who don't want to hear it. If you have any burning EMF questions, join us over in the free Hidden Life of Toxins Facebook group and ask. This is one of my favorite topics to geek out on and I will personally answer your question using my 7 plus years of EMF research. The link to join us in the Facebook group is in the show notes. If you're still hearing my voice right now, you are a wild one, my friend. Your thirst for toxin-free living knowledge knows no bounds. And you're exactly the person I'm doing this podcast for. Thank you so much for taking this deep dive with me today. I'll see you next week.